BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. So I don't know at what point you are going to be listening to this episode, but I can tell you as it is right now, I have returned from Vancouver for a week-long little trip right out to the West Coast, which if you don't know, I'm in the Toronto area, so that's kind of a far trip. Right across the country, I got to see a lot of the other ones in between. Don't ask me for the geography of it because I really don't even know. Sometimes it's fun to like travel across the country and look out your window and be like, ooh, there's the Sus- I can't even say it. There's Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. It was a bunch of squares. It really confused me. Anywho, back from Vancouver, such a cool trip. Last year, when Shane and I got married, we actually got two days in Vancouver, but they were not full days. We were traveling. We went to Tofino. We actually won this trip and decided to make it like our mini honeymoon, our mini moon. And uh, it was not a quick little trip out there. We actually had to fly from Toronto for six hours, get off the plane. We spent a night in Vancouver. And then the next day, hop, drove to the ferry, hopped on a ferry for an hour and a half, and then drove across Vancouver Island to this little city called Tofino, which if you have never seen it or heard of it, like I had never seen it or heard of it, it is like Hawaii and Muskoka had a small baby and then put it on an island and named it Tofino. It was remarkable. But within all that, we got such this like taste for Vancouver and we kept saying like, we got to go back. We got to go back and just like spend some time there. And there's so much because of the world of Instagram and social media when a lot of the Canadian influencers that I follow, they're out that way. And it's so like, oh, I want to see that that they're doing. I want to eat that that they're having. And there's there's an entirely different even restaurant vibe out there. There's a lot of plant-based food. West Coast is like really intentional with their coffee. They all have these like insanely big coffee makers or espresso makers. I don't know what they are. They're just like nice and big and fancy. And Shane and I priced one out because we thought if we just had one of those, we would have such a cool coffee shop. But anyways, turns out they're quite expensive, but they're everywhere. 
out there. So I wanted to go into a few of my favorite things about Vancouver and my time out there. So I flew WestJet on Sunday and I landed and my friend Bailey, who I was staying with, picked me up. And we had this like whole until Thursday together in which I flew back home. So Bailey is like, we always joke if we were friends characters, she's the Monica because she planned everything. I didn't have to think about anything, which if you have a friend that's a Monica, sometimes you need to just like give them a hug and thank them for how nice it is that they kind of take over stuff like that. Because I have a really, really hard time making decisions. I get so stressed out over like, little tiny things and logistics and all that stuff. So when someone comes in and kind of just goes, okay, here's what I've planned for us for the week. Let me know what you have on board. Let me know what you need to change. And it was just, it made the entire week so relaxing. I didn't have to think about my meals. I didn't have to think about cleaning things. I didn't have to think about even my own content. I just got to go and chill out, which is, as I've learned, such a West Coast thing. So chill. But within all of that, Bailey was really good at making sure that I saw some of the highlights of Vancouver. So when I go through some of these things, yes, I probably missed a ton of stuff, but we were on a short little time zone. And uh, I also did some really cool stuff out there as well for my channels. I did two incredible podcasts, one episode that you're going to listen to right after this, Um, like right now, like today's episode is going to be that episode. But Um, I got a really cool opportunity to sit down with a couple people, but not only that, while I was there, I was looking at, so I don't know if you know this, but like on Instagram, if you're like a business account at all, like if you're an influencer or, or a brand of any sort, you have, um, you've switched it to a business profile. You get these things called insights. So I can actually see details all the way down to what day of the week is best to post, what time of the day is best to post, where my audience is, what gender they are, where they're living, like all of these different things that kind of break down and show me this overview of human of who I'm talking to. This often comes into play mostly for brands. Sometimes it can come into strategy as well, but to be honest, I'm not very good at that stuff. I don't even barely use hashtags. So when it comes to looking at these insights, a lot of times brands will, like if they're trying to invest their money into advertising in a certain area or a certain gender or a certain age, then they want to make sure that they're they're investing in the right person to kind of channel that. They want their ROI, their return on investment. So it totally makes sense that we would provide provide them that information. But what was really cool was when I was out there about midweek, I was just so shocked at how many people recognize me out there. And I don't say that from a place of like feeling like a celebrity. It was more like, wow, I have real community out here. The amount of women that like stopped and said something or like sent me a note saying like, hey, I saw you shopping today. Didn't want to bug you. But like, which by the way, you can always bug me. It was so nice. It made me feel very welcomed and very at home. Um, It just felt very, very special to be honest with you. But through that, about midweek, I was looking at my phone and looking at those insights and I noticed something. I noticed that in Vancouver, I have more followers there than I do in my hometown. Now, not to say that I don't have hometown love, totally love you guys in Guelph, but it was so crazy to see that I clearly had this amazing base of community, which is like 97% women between the ages of 25 and 34. 
<laughs> and uh, so it was honestly, it was like really nice. I felt very, I felt very, very, very at home there. So do not be surprised if you see me back there in the coming months because I like to invest in the areas where I feel I can make the most impact. And the fact is there is so much out there and there are so many amazing opportunities out there. So I got to um, kind of take some time and connect with some of those brands that I've connected with in the past. Even Sage had me into their head office. I got to go for a tour and get to know some of their work ethics, which blew me away. Um, got to have dinner with a bunch of the smaller brands that are like female-led entrepreneurial brands who have often gifted me things over the years. Some lovely, lovely humans that I just was so grateful to kind of experience some time with. So not to kind of drag on on how much I love Vancouver, but oh my gosh, I love Vancouver. But I will just highlight on like a few things that I thought were like out of this world awesome that I'm going to carry as some pretty cool memories. Number one, the coconut banana latte. Okay, so first of all, this was on, this is a last minute itinerary add on by my Monica Bailey. And when she added it on, I was like, what the heck is a coconut banana latte? And she she was like, oh, it's like the one that Jillian always talks about. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I trust Jillian. She sounds legit. So we go and get the coconut banana latte and I take a picture and I put it in my Instagram stories and everyone starts writing me. My DMs are like on full blast. Is it everything Jillian says it is? Like, wow, (laughs) Jillian Harris. It's like, she's a bit of a powerhouse. So yes, it is everything Jillian said it was. Here's the thing that I found so shocking. It wasn't sweet. So it wasn't that sweet, I should say. It's banana puree and coconut cream and then mixed into whatever um, latte base that you would normally have. From what I understand, that's what it was. It was delicious. I would 100% have it again. It is definitely worth the drive to get it. And when you get it, they give you like a sleeve on the cup that's like got banana emojis all over it. So I'm just a bit of a fan of like the finer details of things like that in life. And that hit it on the nail for me. So number one, coconut banana lattes. Number two, reflections. Reflections was a rooftop bar. Don't ask me where it was. I have no freaking idea. I was just following the leader. And it is like this incredible bar that when you walk in, you go up an elevator, you walk in, and it is like, ah, what's that movie? Avatar. It just kept reminding me of Avatar. It was like this beautiful tree growing up in the middle with lanterns coming all down. There was these cozy outdoor furniture and, you know, blankets to cozy up with as well. They had amazing cocktails. I mean, there were $18, but they probably can charge that for the view. And then there was like water running, like kind of around it as well. It was really, really nice. Such a cool experience just to kind of go up there and be in awe of being in the middle of a city and have this little tiny oasis on the rooftop of something. I don't, again, I don't know where the heck I was. Um, amazing. Loved it, loved it, loved it. There was another restaurant that I went to that had really good pizza, but I can't remember what it was. It's not Virtuous Pie, even though that's also amazing. But I can't remember. But if I can remember, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, number three, Fort Langley. So that was closer to where Bailey lives. So it was a great opportunity to kind of get to know that area wow, it is like this little tiny strip of shops. It reminded me of a lot of stuff out here as well. Um, Kind of like Dundas where it's a lot of like older shops and boutiques, but some really one of a kind items that you're not going to find anywhere else. I bought a few things that was really fun. Just like some genuine, like good shopping. Loved it. Number four, 
what was the area? Granville? Granville. There was like this really cool, um, it was like this high-end shop that was like all consignment. We went to a few other shops down that strip as well. Really, really, really loved it. Um, number six would be Hotel Belmont. So that was right downtown Vancouver again. And it only opened a few weeks before we even went. And the downstairs spot, or like nightclub area, was closed. But they allowed us to go in for a tour. And I need you to just envision this for a moment. It's like going into the Save by the Bell Diner, but everything is pink and flamingos with a little bowling alley and this amazing DJ box. The thought that was put into this place is beyond anything I've ever seen. In the upstairs is a normal bar and lounge, again, with so much thought and intention in it. It really reminded me of Soho House, where it had these like dark, rich vibes to it with these hot pink bar stools and... I don't know if you get a chance to go out there, even if you just want to get a cute picture, that's the place that you're going to have to go because Hotel Balmont was like, just really took me aback. It made me feel like I was in a completely different place of the world. And I loved that about it. I don't really, I shouldn't really go more than like the top five, but I am going to touch on the fact that meeting Jillian Harris was one of the absolute highlights. And I'm going to tell you why, because if you spend any time on social media, especially Canadian social media, Jillian Harris is a freaking icon here. We love her. What she says goes and what she likes, we like. We just tend to do what she likes to do because she's so good at influencing in such an honest and real way, but she's so supernaturally human and it never has really made sense to me how she's able to do it all. First of all, she's got two young kids. It's not like my kids who are preteens who I can be like, hey guys, I'm going away. And they're like, cool, we're in school. We don't even know you're gone. They actually didn't know I was gone. Um, There was like, she's got these two young kids at home. She's got a a dog and a puppy and, you know, a supportive partner at home. There's so much going on. And yet she's jet setting everywhere. She's doing brand launches. She's doing all of this stuff. Her pictures are amazing. Her team looks incredible. Her home is like immaculate and so well designed. Her site is like next level. And you're just like, how? (laughs) Let me tell you something. Within 30 seconds of meeting that woman, I knew exactly why. Because she was one of the most high energy, full of life humans I have ever met. And not only that, she was genuine. She was kind. She literally pulled up in a taxi with her head out the window going, hey. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jillian Harris. And you know, in this industry, it's so easy to meet people that you followed online for a really long time. And when you step outside of the platform, there's completely different. And sometimes that's because they're just introverts and they've found their creative energy outside of that. And other times it's because they've been really disingenuous online, or maybe it's just like, who knows what the factors are playing in it. But let me tell you, it's a rare thing to find somebody who is truly the same as they are online in real life. And that's what that felt like for me. And it also just gave me a wave of relief because a lot of times I think as creators, we compare ourselves to somebody who is seemingly got it all. Like how do you be a mom and be a good partner and run a business and have all these things and have a great social channel and keep up with your stories and do all that stuff and stay sane. And the fact is, Jillian Harris is somebody with a wild amount of talent. Her brain is something that we could admire. Her, she has an incredible team of support. She's also just like, I don't know, like she has, 
she has a life for this, but she's also a personality for this. And I don't think that that comes around all the time. So when you meet somebody like that and you understand within a second that they are just so full of life and so full of energy and you're like, you know what? I'm a lot of those things, but I am not that thing. And I'm so happy for her. I'm so proud of her. I want her to continue to do everything that she's doing because she really is a bright light in this world. And we need people like that. We need people who can do all the things when we can only do like one of the things or two of the things to kind of just show us a different type of life, a different slice of a different thing. And you know what? She still has the white bums like the rest of us. She still has the clean up dog poop like the rest of us. She still gets sick like the rest of us and has crazy life too. But I just wanted to give like a huge moment of appreciation to the fact that like she's a definitely a next level type of human. And uh, it really meant a lot to take a moment and get to meet her. But now I'm going to roll into today's guest because today's guest is somebody that I actually found first by listening to Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine podcast, she was a guest on there and she had microbladed Caitlin's eyebrows and also had done some freckles on her, I believe. And I don't know, there was something about her voice. She was so sweet. And uh, her name is Shaughnessy. And ever since then, I started following her on Instagram. And uh, she is such a gem. Eyebrows is like something that she pioneered in, but there is so much more to her. When you listen to this podcast, please understand that I've completely fangirled out and got really giddy about what I was talking about. And uh, so it kind of went off the rails. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to like try and defend this. This is not a podcast where we're going to be perfect. And in this episode, I haven't even listened to it yet, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it was very much not perfect. Because I know how I felt in that moment, sitting in that room with her. And I just like, thoughts were just like coming everywhere from me in all directions. And I just like, there was no channeling that into one thing when I was just so excited to ask her questions. And so excited to like, hear her take on something that once you start listening, you're going to understand fully why the heck I freaked out on. So please enjoy today's episode. Thank you again, Vancouver, for such an amazing time out there. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Okay, welcome to this episode. I'm actually sitting in a random, actually, room full of shoes (laughs) in the house of our next guest in sunny Vancouver, Vancouver Vancouver-ish, Langley. Yes. Okay. Shaughnessy. Hi. First of all, (laughs) spell your freaking name. It's a tough one. It has 11 letters. Which was really hard to learn how to spell when I was like 10. So it's S-H-A-U-G-H-N-E-S-S-Y. Yes. Okay. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's got to be like Irish or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good job. Um, First of all, you just tattooed me like two hours ago. <laughs> I am kind of obsessed with you. I've watched your stuff for a while because I think I saw you did... Caitlin Bristow's brows yeah and then I heard you on off the vine and you just had such a cool I didn't even know like the origin of a lot of these newer styles of tattoos and stuff so it was like Mm -hmm. really fascinating and then I found you on Instagram and then I saw that you do nipple tattoos and that was like (laughs) honestly that's the point if anybody follows me they know I have like a weird obsession with like breasts in general so then I slid into your DMs and I'm like I'm obsessed with your nipple art like you should paint some (laughs) (laughs) you should paint me some nipples and then here we are like seriously like who knew it was such a thing nipple art is like I don't know I think boob stuff in general is like such a trend right now but then you take it to a totally different level because your art is 
It's crazy. But let's give you a little chance. I just <laughs> joked about this origin story. But kind of share your story about how you got to where you are now and a little bit of like who you are and what you're doing. Oh, man. I know. No I'm pressure. sorry. It's so loaded. There's no other way to ask it. I've, I've learned that now. There's no real like I could be like, tell me how you got into microblading. But like realistically, you got to go back a little bit further. Yeah, it's always there's always something before. Um, so I guess my pre-story is I was going to Emily Carr Art University in Vancouver and I was working at a tattoo studio as their front desk kind of management and I always knew that I wanted to be in that industry or tattoo or do something or just be tattooed. That was always my goal. Um, and then I guess just being around the front desk area, we always had women coming in asking if we offered eyebrow tattooing or permanent makeup or whatever. And there was no one that I really knew in Vancouver that was doing a decent job that I would want to recommend them to go to. Um, and then in my art background, I do a lot of portraits and realism and drawing and painting. So I was like, you know what? I I think I could do this. I could think I could do a pretty good realistic looking eyebrow. And I ended up taking just a random little eyebrow course. Um, I think luckily I was already in that industry and working in an environment that I could start practicing and start like basically learning from a lot of the other artists around me. And honestly, Instagram helped it blow up once I started taking clients. So So can you explain, like I've had microblading done. I have a great girl in my area that does it, but a lot of people don't understand what the heck it is, why, like how long it can last for, what you're kind of looking at, because it, it is a different style of tattoo. It's almost a little bit more like traditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I guess traditional in the sense that it's done by hand. Um, so if anyone who doesn't know what microblading is, it's it's done with a very tiny tool that has like 14 needles in it generally, 7 to 14 depending. Um, and basically what you're doing is scratching in these tiny little lines, almost like a really superficial paper cut into the skin and you're filling it with ink, which is kind of like a very traditional, almost Japanese form of tattooing with bamboo and yeah. kind of like a stick and poke. There's lots of different ways to go about it, but it just creates a really fine line and the most natural looking results. So you did that. So how long ago did you start doing that? Uh, it's been almost six years now. And you've basically blown up like this whole <laughs> area. Like I'm in the Toronto area and I've heard about you and like everyone talks about like the Shaughnessy Brows and like you've obviously branched out from that a little bit too. So how did you actually go from microblading into like other stuff? Because do you actually do traditional, like do you any other kind of tattoos as well? Or just no, these like... Just, I guess I'm technically considered like a cosmetic tattoo artist, but the way I've kind of branched out, I guess is... I like to call myself a restorative tattoo artist. I don't really like the term cosmetic as much because yeah. I don't want it to be like a fad or something like makeup looking. I want it to look like I've basically restored a feature on you. Like you've lost your eyebrow. Like we all I've... basically plucked our eyebrows like yeah. crazy in the 90s. And then we're like, please restore us. Please give them back. Yeah, a little bit. But then also some like I think in my family, I think my mom, like she naturally lost her brows, like with aging and stuff as well, like which I didn't even know was like such a thing. Totally. There's Um, so many different factors. Like I've met people who've gone through chemo or about to go through chemo and they're like, I'm going to lose my eyebrows. Can you please tattoo them on how they look now? So when they fall out, I kind of have like a backup eyebrow, which is so cool. Or clients with alopecia who's just lost every hair on their body. Yes. So many different reasons for it. So So you went from microblading. What was next? Was it the nips or was it the freckles? (laughs) Um, Microblading and freckles was kind of around the same time. The freckles is a little weird. I don't, I always say like, I don't want to say that I was the first to do it. But at the time when I first was trained to do microblading, there was not many people doing it. 
or posting about it on Instagram, but I always wanted freckles and I was drawing them on my face. I would ask some of the tattoo artists at the shop I worked at if they could tattoo freckles on my face and they're like, no way, you're crazy. I'm not tattooing your face. So as soon as I was certified, I had my machine. I did them on myself. No, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I posted it on Instagram pretty much that day. And it was one of those things people were like, what is this? I've never seen this before. It's like kind of cute, kind of crazy. There's a lot of good feedback and bad feedback. So that in itself, like snowballed. I think it's it's funny because I think it's, I can understand where like people come from both sides because there's some, I think it's always like the grass is always greener. Like those who have freckles, like are like, why would you do that? And, you know, freckles were not so great a thing. And now all of a sudden they're trendy again. But also like for me, I used to be freckle faced like crazy as a kid. And I loved in the summertime. I remember my high school boyfriend, I came home from like home from a vacation in Florida and he looked at my face and he goes, oh my gosh, you have seven new freckles. And like this (laughs) little tiny thing that I was like, oh, like when the sun kisses you and you get these like, I loved it. But now I'm older and I'm so sun safe that I feel like my freckles are not something that I want to see anymore because it is sun safety and we have that like some people naturally have them all year round and then some people get them with the sun so with the trend of it if you're going for a route like it's almost a little bit safer to go for like a permanent makeup thing as opposed to now is it permanent I just said that but it's everything that I do is technically considered semi-permanent aside from the areola tattooing that's like a permanent body tattoo um just things like I don't know the freckles and the eyebrows I feel like it's a little more trendy or people might change their mind the nipples you're probably gonna want the same ones for the rest of your life if you've lost them that's not something you want to change although we can like alter over the years if needed but the freckles will fade especially with the amount of stuff we do to our faces the chemical peels exfoliants and stuff like that like it's so true oh yeah and like I think most people go either for touch-ups like once a year every other year something like that right yeah yeah, I've gone for a couple touch-ups now. Honestly, I love getting microblading like changed the whole shape of my face. That was the one thing totally. that I don't think people understood was that it gave like symmetry to a lot of stuff. And I actually, I don't know, I used to get like lash extensions and all these different things. But like actually having my brows done, I felt like, I don't know, it felt like my face was my face. And I felt so much more, I don't even know, like refreshed with it. And now like having yeah. makeup off, I feel so put together because honestly, I really over. So I full on lied to my parents when I was in grade <laughs> seven. And like those little brows were so popular. But my parents, like, I don't think we were allowed to tweeze them or anything. So I straight up took nair to my face. Oh my God. And I nared my eyebrows like so thin. And <laughs> obviously like, skin. well, okay. And so they were very, very fine, very, very small. And I was like hiding my face from my parents, like eating dinner. And like I had my hair done as best I could. And I remember my mom was like, what happened to your eyebrows? And I was like, <laughs> "What um, okay, so I put on glitter eyeshadow and I think I just had an allergic reaction and my eyebrows just came off. Did and save. my parents were like, no, like something was like, did you use Nair? Did you tweeze them? And I was like, no, like it was totally the glitter. And it just, I had an allergic reaction. And I was so deep into this lie, like of all things that I could lie about. Like I was sneaking around with like the neighbor boy and I couldn't even, I like, couldn't even lie about that. Like, but this was the thing that I was going to anchor myself in was lying about my freaking eyebrows and the fact that I nared them off. But to be honest, they were never the same again after that. I had tweezed and I had tweezed and like there was like, cause they started to grow back. And then I was like, it it was weird looking and oh, so I kept yeah. plucking and so when all did these you, years later. When did you tell them the truth? I don't know that they've ever known. <laughs> did they, are they, this did they might know now? be it right now. I don't know but I was very like that lie was solid for a long <laughs> long time. They also found out about the neighbor boy but I admitted to that later as well. I don't think I've admitted to the brows. So That's I mean awesome. sorry mom but 
I'm really committed. Like that's, <laughs> if there's anything, I've never really committed myself to anything like I did about the eyebrow lie. So yeah, I was talking to one of my clients this morning. She was like, what's going to happen if you retire one day or you move away? Like, what are all, what are we all going to do? I'm like, don't worry. I'll be here. I'll be around. You'll find me. I'll yeah. work until I can't anymore. So you've also, I'm going to let you answer this. <laughs> you've done some celebrities. A little bit, yeah. You've done. Is it mostly brows that you do? Like when it comes, because I think like especially if you are in some sort of a spotlight, even if you're not in the spotlight, but a lot of people have been doing these like Groupon deals for going to get eyebrows done, and they're coming back with these like people. I think you almost forget. Like yes, it's money and it's like it's a lot, but at the same time, it's your freaking face. Totally. And it's a really yeah. I've just seen. I've had a lot of friends who have like gone through things where they're just really frustrated because it wasn't the results of what they saw online, and then there's these horror stories about it and everyone kind of gets scared about the entire industry and there's not really I think if you were somebody who your face was like somewhat of your brand as well you're not going to anybody you're not you need the best so they're coming to you well I think the results speak of themselves too and and the experience like a lot of these people we get a lot of clients coming in who I don't know they're having nightmares basically they had their eyebrows done a week before and they're like what have I done it's horrible it's done we found out later they got a group on And now they expect us to want to fix it. And it's just really unfortunate that people don't know what questions to ask or don't know what portfolios to look for. But another issue is that a lot of artists that are very new will steal photos from other artists and repost them. So the clients don't even know what to expect, really. Well, when I had my brows done the first time, like I felt she spent 45 minutes just measuring my face. Like I saw the shape of what they were going to be. I can't I can't believe that some people are literally going into these situations where they're going in the back of like a salon somewhere and they're getting them done. Like this is still a tattoo. It's still like cuts into your skin. Like if anybody takes away anything, please be really super safe about it and research like freaking crazy. Totally. And like book a consultation if you want with your your artist or look for their healed work or ask people who've actually been tattooed by them. Like yeah. whatever it takes. I feel like the industry is so crazy busy right now. Right. Which is good. A lot of people know what questions to start asking, but it's so scary that like their sister-in-law has now started doing it. And of it's course. Like, oh, I can get it done for free, but. I don't know. It's, now, if somebody's scary. had... Okay, first of all, let's answer the question. What celebrities have you done? <laughs> that you can name. That you can yeah, name. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a few that I can't talk about. Um, That's fine. We we respect your face and your privacy. <laughs> so, Caitlin Bristow. Yeah. Did her brows. We did a couple freckles on her last time I saw her, too. Um, Jillian Harris. I'm actually going to be seeing her Canada in a couple sweetheart. days. Um, a lot of, I'd say, YouTubers, makeup really? artists, Oh, good. Um, Samantha. Samantha. Yeah. Lee I, Dixon. I also, I never know what to call her because I just say SSS Samantha. Samantha. Like every single time I talk about her, I'm like, it's SSS Samantha. Like, but I don't it's know. cool that she's, I, I mean, maybe I do too because of my Instagram name, but she's kind of like, when you say Samantha, you, you know, know it's her. You know it's her. It's, it's her. I know. <laughs> it's crazy that there's this area, like the Vancouver area, the female led, like I was saying this to Bailey, it is so crazy like obviously there's a lot of like businesses stuff in Toronto and there's women all over the world doing amazing things but there seems to be like a hub of like this women supporting women type of tribe happening here that I haven't even seen before like it is remarkable how it works but and it seems like a lot of us you'd you'd think we're all in Vancouver but we're all kind of out here in the Fraser Valley like Langley, Surrey, Abbotsford, Maple Ridge like we're all kind of out in the suburbs which is cool because a lot of us can do our work from different areas that our clients will come to us or it's remote or whatever so okay I can't even hold back on this anymore we need to talk about the nipples (laughs) I'm so excited about this okay so 
First of all, you work on mostly restorative. So we're talking about um, breast cancer survivors, uh, double yeah. mastectomies. Is there any other circumstances that you usually see come in? Totally. When I first started, I was like, okay, it's going to be 100% clients who've had breast cancer. Like, why yeah. else would you need a nipple? And that's, I think the general public thinks that way. Even people come in, they see this that's little what photo I that we've got. It's like, why would you need your nipples tattooed? Which I think is another issue that we could talk about later is that people don't know what happens when you go through breast cancer. I didn't know it. Honestly, I had no idea that there were so much cancer cells that could actually live inside the nipple. So when you get a mastectomy, they usually take everything. Yeah, all the tissue. Basically, it depends, like whatever the risk is. There's in some instances where they can try to save the nipple. They call it nipple sparing. Um, Doesn't always work. You end Mm -hmm. up with a lot more scarring or you lose pigment around your areola. There's so many different issues. So a lot of people tend to just get rid of everything but um, I've also had clients like transgendered clients or non-binary clients who just had a full top surgery everything removed Um, in some cases they would keep the nipple as well but yes because I guess that would be obviously the change as well because if you're going from you know male to female or female to male there's there's obviously a size difference usually so they wanted a little bit more represented because if you were you know female to male transitioning maybe it would make them still feel a little bit too feminine to have like a larger size areola is that usually what it is there's definitely different details too like it's, it sounds weird, but if you really look at a male's nipple compared to a female's nipple, like... I mean, I guess you would. Ducks, there's like little <laughs> wrinkles and different sizes and... Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's so much weird about nipples and boobs that like nobody ever talks about. Like I think about back when like I was first pregnant with my daughter and I was like 20 so I didn't know anybody who had kids except for people who were like a lot older yeah and even like when my milk came in and it didn't come from like I just thought there was this magical hole that was gonna form and that like (laughs) just one hole just one hole like I don't know like that's how a bottle works so why would it work any differently and then it like literally came out like a shower sprayer and I was like (laughs) what the hell is this but it started coming when I was like pregnant and it came even from like the little outside little ducks and stuff too and I was so confused I thought my nipples were so weird I went from like my entire adolescence of you know thinking my nipples were weird and like even right after having kids and then like now I it's so funny because I look at your art and I see what you're doing and it's so crazy because you're actually putting these things onto nipples to make them look more realistic that in my psyche thought was a flaw yeah yeah and I get a lot of comments about that too every once in a while you'll get someone on Instagram that's like but why are you putting all these warts all over their nipples and I'm like Okay, I can't they're explain. Not, like, I don't what know. What are they? Do they're not, not warts. Like, they're like, what are they? They're, well, there's milk ducts for certain instances. There's like glands, basically, like a, a sweat gland that will okay. produce moisture. Yeah. <laughs> it's a natural thing. Not everyone has them, though. Like, certain people will have them on their lips or like genitals. Like, there's lots of different thinner skin areas that they can form and it's just a way to lubricate the area basically or like under your eyes and people will get them yeah I've heard that it's like almost like a wax or something secreting I don't know I remember yeah. reading it years ago because I was so paranoid that my nipples were weird that I was like <laughs> googling and trying to see other nipples that might look like my nipples and then found out obviously they're completely normal yeah um but yeah it's very fascinating watching that now with most people do they come in do they come and get like their dream nipple? <laughs> I or... feel like I need to have a wall of like all the types of nipples you could choose. No, from. seriously, that would be my dream if you could do that. It'd be amazing. Yeah, um, wallpaper for you. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> if you come up with like a nipple shower curtain, like I just went there because I know that the, like there's a boob one that exists. Bailey's in the corner, like nodding her head. Like a yes, really I'm realist really, yes. with a bunch of real nipples. All over I just it. think it would be so refreshing because I don't <laughs> think until I saw your art and okay, I have a whole other question, but okay. 
does everybody have like sometimes they can surgically create like a nub for the nipple yeah. because or does yours like sometimes you tattoo on a flat thing and it just looks 3D. Totally. Yeah. It's always different every day. I feel like I'm just going into it like, okay, what's our situation here? Um, but do they have pictures like of their nipples before or do you get to just do. like give a dream nipple? It depends. Like generally I'd say color choices I'm going off of their natural skin tone I look at little freckles and undertones so we can make something that looks natural Um, I have had a handful of clients who know they were going to go through this process so they did like a boudoir shoot before which is so cool Um, others kind of just want to deal with it and they don't want to remember that part so I don't know also, like a lot of older women, if they can choose what kind of nipple they want, maybe Mine they are like, like oval shape. So I always so. wonder, like, would I want them back or would I be like, no, now I want them round? Or Yeah. And it depends on the actual shape of the breast, too. Like, I'm not going to do something that's super perky for someone that maybe doesn't have that or vice versa. Like, you want it to look as natural as you can and make it go with what the rest of the area is I mean, is you wouldn't like. put it hanging down, though. Yeah. But in certain I instances, like, happen. I've had clients who've had a mastectomy but they have had basically fat grafting instead okay. of okay so it's different so, so it's, it's not perky so it has a natural egg which i personally like i think it looks way more natural yeah natural i guess is the way to go yeah. that's true i mean everything changes so much especially after like breastfeeding and all these different circumstances like nipples just change a million different times totally it's so crazy mine don't ever go soft again so i'm just like well <laughs> hard nips for life so maybe that's why i just find it so freeing this whole movement of like boobs being cool and like so di- so much diversity but you've kind of struggled a lot because I've heard at least you kind of get taken down off Instagram quite a bit yeah does that not freak you the flip out it's it was super annoying for the longest time and I think I've kind of figured it out I don't know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but for the longest time I wanted to show like really close-up detailed photos of my work which yeah which are just like literally tattoos of nipples yeah and I think to the odd person it's just like whoa that looks like a nipple I'm gonna report that so there was a lot of people reporting it for a while um But I think now that Instagram is so huge, there's just robots that are constantly scanning for nudity and just getting rid of photos as they see it. And they don't have Uh. much time to look at it. So I found that if I create like a diptych of like two photos before and after, if it's very obvious that there was some sort of surgical removal beforehand, that seems to be okay. Seems to be okay. And you usually do some sort of a cover photo of something that's like boob inspired, but not quite like a boob itself. And then you slide to see the actual one. So when you go on your page, you're not actually seeing nipples, which I think is so funny with you because like when you go on your page, it's actually aesthetically beautiful. (laughs) Like it's, it's so styled. It's so well done. I have like, I'm such a nerd for that kind of stuff, but yeah you would see like whenever I see your stuff come up it'll be like a plant pot that has like tits and you're like oh yay it's a nipple pose I I feel like it's a bit of a challenge to find my work that way I've created a hashtag but that same thing if my photo gets deleted then I get like shadow banned and my hashtags don't work properly so I don't know I struggle with that because I obviously want to spread awareness and I want people to know that this is something I offer but I also don't want to force my followers to see it if they're I don't know. They're not comfortable. They're not there or something like you never know. You can swipe if you want to see it. I saw the other day I was like out in public and I looked at my phone. I opened my Instagram and there was like a pottery vagina and I was like (laughs) and I just like gasped and put it down. I was like oh it's like literally just pottery (laughs) but it's just like that momentary like oh my gosh what was I looking at. So I totally I mean it makes sense. It's just like one of those things that I feel like we're still normalizing a lot of these like it's actually illegal where I live to like be topless. So it's it's weird to think about like a picture of a nipple being such an issue especially when like men walk around with them all the time yep and we're just like not but you say it's illegal or it's legal it's legal oh yeah it's legal here too oh, i think it's, it's just vancouver and toronto that that's a thing i don't know i don't know i don't know i but don't anyways. see anyone really ever 
using that right though like maybe at the beach but it's not a thing that someone just walks around i don't know maybe it should be i mean i'm not there cold. yet i'm not there yet I live in but canada it's too cold here <laughs> it's too cold. that's such a good point so okay so now tell us about your studio because that's getting a lot of like fame and attention now too i didn't even realize like what a big deal you guys are here like i knew you were but this is crazy yeah and i think that's kind of a bit of an internal struggle like I'm obviously so happy that my name itself has gained so much momentum and everyone trusts my name but I never really wanted to be like the the face of my company yes. which I feel like a lot of people do want that but I, I want to create these services for people and I want to be able to offer a lot of them and obviously I'm just one person so basically what we're trying to do at our studio is create locations where there's like hand-picked artists that I've chosen and trained or we've found that they're like up to our standards essentially and we want them all to be amazing and offer these services and just kind of have them all under one roof. That makes sense. So it's pretty much microblading and freckles and then restorative tattoos. Is that all that happens in house at your studio? We actually do tattooing as well. Okay. Um, so we have a tattoo artist at our Langley studio. Her name's Hannah. So we're basically trying to handpick artists that are a little more stylized. So a little more, I guess, feminine in a way we do have mostly female clientele also very delicate like we don't want anything that's super intimidating because a lot of people are coming to us for like very personal reasons so yeah kind of want something that fits that when it comes to having like those personal reasons and people come in has it been hard like as are you an empath at all do you find sometimes it's somewhat difficult to go through these things with these women and I'm sure men as well or wherever they're at in life like I don't know, like there's a lot of emotion connected, especially when you're talking about like for some people with the loss of hair and you're adding that back in or like the totally. loss of a nipple and adding that back in. There's a lot that would come with that. Yeah. Like whether we like it or not, our physical bodies are so tied to our emotions as well. And I think often we want to like reject that part of us that says like, no, we don't need nipples to have worth. And that's true. But there is still such an emotional tie to like our bodies. Totally. And it's just the way that you view yourself. Like you've seen yourself a certain way for so long, Mm -hmm. so much of your life. And all of a sudden there's a feature that's missing. And it's been taken from you or, you know, circumstances have changed or it's been something you've dreamed for for a really, really long time. Totally. And it just makes it's it's a weird thing that happens in our brains, I think that if we can't see what we're used to in the mirror we don't identify you just get lost like I mean I can't even have brown hair even though it's my natural born color the second I have brown hair I feel like I'm not even the right person so I can't even like that's such a bad (laughs) comparison no but it's true like if that initial shock when you look in the mirror if it doesn't feel right then it's it's hard but I do get a lot of women who have maybe gone through this breast cancer scenario years ago and never got the final tattooing and they just they're like I don't want to do anything else like I'm done I've done enough but then when they finally realize like okay you know what this is a big deal Mm -hmm. let's do this luckily my service is the last step generally yes so it's like kind of the happy ending the cherries on top (laughs) oh my gosh that's actually so (laughs) So funny. funny Yeah, so a lot of people are coming to me and it's more of a positive experience. Oh, that's Um, so lovely. Yeah. So what's your favorite? Like, what's your favorite thing to do out of all, like, the little things that you've done now? Um, I think, honestly, I just like the variety. Okay. I never really wanted to be one of those cosmetic tattoo artists that does, like, eyeliner and lips and all that stuff. Like, I like 
focusing on really realistic features like yeah. I said earlier but I also like that I start my day with brows and then maybe I have like a set of nipples in the evening or have some freckles Sounds like so funny yeah. to think about I have a set of nipples Just in the got evening. some nips at four o'clock <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and you're, you're like such a creative too like we did literally just walk through your house and you're like tie-dyeing socks on your kitchen counter yeah. right now there's Is always that- something artistic going on I think in here we usually do a lot of indigo dyeing like you saw our studio it's my husband's Japanese so our studio is called Studio Sushiko it's very Japanese inspired but Sushiko means little stabs which is like an oh, embroidery I like <laughs> yeah so it's, I was it's like fitting. wait what oh that's a makes little sense. graphic but it's fitting um and it's basically like an embroidery style so everything's done by hand which we do as well with our microblading and tattooing and everything yeah. so I think my husband and I are just very drawn to that like hand done I don't know you just you just get that feeling of like someone actually so you have this. you have like major creative vibes is that like just yeah where did it <laughs> were you an artist before like were you a painter or anything like that or yeah. did it kind of like evolve into this because you said you always you knew you wanted to kind of be in this industry but everyone kind of has like creative roots in different places yeah it definitely evolved into wanting to be in the tattoo industry I think probably end of high school when I knew I was going to go to art university um but I've always like even since I was three years old my mom's like you're gonna be an artist and your brother's gonna be a doctor and he's not a doctor but <laughs> I was gonna say did that like work out <laughs> that didn't work out he was just he's always very helpful and kind and I was very creative and always drawing so I've honestly been drawing since I was a baby that's amazing and, and it okay paid off. <laughs> as for your stuff I feel like I could ask you a million things which I'm like whatever but your style is like pretty crazy good. Like I feel like you probably are like, oh, I just slapped this on. But everyone's like, how the heck do I look like Shaughnessy? Like there's uh-huh. such a vibe with you. Like I met you once and I just like walked away and I got in the car and I was like, what the heck is with that woman? Like she's <laughs> no, the just, first thing you said to me today was like, like are you are just you? wearing like a men's Levi's shirt yeah. right now? Like, yeah. So you guys are like you and your husband both are like really into like vintage shopping and thrifting, yeah. I guess. So- um. Yeah, I think that ties into our studio as well. Like we really Yeah, I bought like, some Mickey jeans. Oh awesome. I bought like vintage Mickey jeans. I'm so excited. I've never seen anything like that before. I was the fact they're hand picked is like so cool. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Like we want unique items in our studio, just as unique as the services that we create and in our wardrobe too. And I think it's just uh, I mean, I'm vegetarian, definitely more on the plant based side. Mm-hmm. But as far as the things that I buy and consume, I want them to be more sustainable if I have the option. Yeah. So kind of slowly transitioning my wardrobe into that and even my shoe collection like I'm not really buying leather anymore I'm trying to I don't know just makes sense right? you know what it's so funny because I think a lot of times when people think about things like thrifting or what you're eating and like whether or not to go vegan it ever everything seems so overwhelming like how do I suddenly create my life into something so completely opposite when you know we have leather in our cars and we have like yeah. you know we've owned like I have a leather jacket from like a really long time ago I'm like am I just do I just give it all up right now but these little tiny steps and I think people like you who can show that style is so like I've been a thrifter forever but it used to be a necessity but when there's somebody yeah. who's like styling it and showing that's like cool and trendy right now it's really trendy but I mean it does change the way that people start taking in this information we no longer have to be consumers of like fast fashion where we can go and enjoy the thrifting experience because it's true and it's a challenge right like it's fun to kind of be like oh I could 
this is a really weird jacket that I just found. How can I style this and make it look cool? Like that's, and it's so unique that no one else would have it. So I'm opposite of that. I don't know how to do that part. Like I would never have looked at a men's Levi's shirt and like made it into a dress (laughs) like you just did here today. But I'm more like I will go on Pinterest or Instagram and I'll see different styles of things and then I save them. And then I go into the stores and when I see that like random flannel shirt or something, I'm like, oh, I know exactly how to style this. And then I can kind of pull it together based off inspiration of seeing from other places but I don't have this like visionary type of thing with like Jackie <laughs> like Bailey's friend Jackie is like the same way she just like yeah she we is. went thrifting together t- today and she just like beelined for the men's department and I was like where are you going and she's That's like oh all the good stuff is men's Women's jeans are nothing. the best yeah. and my nail artist she is like such a thrifter as well and she always has these incredible t-shirts and I'm like where do you find these she's like oh the men's department like she'll have like cool vintage like race car t-shirts yeah. and all this stuff and I'm like I don't even know where to begin with that like I tried the men's department and it, look I didn't find anything I was so frustrated and scared it just like freaked me out but yeah anyways. well I think the biggest thing is like if you think of fast fashion it's mainly women's like I don't want to put down any stores but you think like forever 21 and all yeah. those stores like they're creating so much so fast and the women's section is always way bigger than the men's so the stuff you're going to find at the thrift store in the women's section is going to be forever 21 yeah which you can't really compete with the prices of forever 21 compared to a thrift store oh it's like a five dollar shirt either way so you find more unique stuff i think in the men's section and again it's it's more more of a challenge (laughs) more of a challenge but also probably longer lasting as well like a lot of the jeans you're looking at are like vintage because they've been they've been around for like 30 years and now they're like all donated and people are wearing them like it's going out of style which is really cool so you actually sell vintage stuff in your store yeah and who that sources kind of that? A, is that your husband? Is that you? Mostly him. I mean, that's kind of our weekend thing. When we're off work, we go to thrift stores all day long. That's all we do. But he loves it. Like, I get tired of it every once in a while. I'm like, okay, I can't do another thrift store. My hands feel gross. And you know how you get kind of, it's, yeah. it's not a good feeling after a while. But yeah, I can understand it's that. It's so fun. Can you explain the shoes? Like, as I'm looking around. <laughs> There's a lot. Do you thrift these or are these like sourced? Because, no. Okay, so, so just to explain, there's how many cabinets? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have eight bookshelves <laughs> of like. You make me sound crazy. No, it's not crazy. If you see this in the background of your photos, it's actually the coolest thing ever. But you have a lot of shoes. Yeah. So my husband's been, I guess, a sneakerhead for quite a while. And I've always loved shoes. Like, I've always been like a Converse girl I've always had different random colors and vans and more comfy stuff like I don't have a lot of heels I actually only think I have those three up there oh my yeah. wedding shoes and a couple others but um yeah I think I like again the challenge of finding like a really crazy sneaker and being able to pair it with something else and yeah it's the one thing that I think I get a lot of compliments on which I'm like oh thanks I guess I have I'm so awkward with sneakers I always feel like they look really weird on me and then I freak out and I go to hills but (laughs) so your husband how did you guys meet um we have a lot of mutual friends he was a piercer at a tattoo shop in Vancouver when I was working at the other one so kind of through there like mutual friends but it's actually weird that we didn't meet earlier because we kind of grew up in similar areas and we hung out with similar groups of people but yeah. And you have like, so you you guys are in business together though. Yeah. So what is his role at 
um, so the studio. Him and I are both owners, but I'm also the role of an artist. So, so he tends to do everything else, basically. That's all the business awesome. side of things, which is how great. Do you, how do you like working? I used to work with my husband. I don't anymore. <laughs> You're like, don't there's me. no. I I loved it. People were like, oh, like working with your spouse, and I was like, I can understand it. Like I can understand where that would be like difficult, but like it was so weird for me because I, we didn't actually interact all that much. But it was somewhat nice and comforting, just like that he was there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think know. I do like the fact that he's around, although we, we do have such different roles. So he's always like talking to an accountant or at a meeting or getting supplies or doing something. And I'm always with clients. So by the end of the day, we're like, how was your day? Like, you still get to catch you. up. Yeah, we know you were there, but we don't really get to talk all day. So and then you come home to your three beautiful dogs, which yeah. are the cutest little humans. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say humans, cutest little puppies, no, two Frenchies yep. and a pug and a pug and oh technically a bug. A bug? Boston oh, a Boston. <laughs> we literally it's walked in the house and there was just like the snortiest of snorts all the way through, which was like, I don't know. There's something about when you come into a house with like either a Boston or a Frenchie or a pug and it's like such a vibe because they're like the happiest. Like they're yeah. just happy. There's something so lovely about that. Like a lot and of the dogs. Like, the snorts. I know. It's, I don't know. It's so endearing. And I, I always say like to meet one is to meet them all. They're so alike. And I just yeah. adore that. Anyways, I could go on about the dogs for a while. <laughs> um, anything else exciting coming up for you? Um, well, we're opening a cafe as well right next to our studio. That's definitely unrelated to that business, but it's something. Whatever, like it's a, a creative vibe. Creative outlet. Yeah, it's kind of like a passion project. We just found that that neighborhood kind of needed something for all these Vancouver clients or people that are traveling from all over the world. They want a cool place to go and have their coffee while they wait for their eyebrow appointment. <laughs> Great for you. You just go yeah. down and grab the free coffees all the time. That'll be totally. amazing. Yeah. It's I actually found like one. Vancouver is one of the best places for a good cup of coffee. Really? Like, you guys have these crazy big machines that I've never seen other places. Really? I don't know what they are. Like, you know, those like big, they look retro-y. Yeah, the espresso machines. <laughs> so I literally, when we went to Tofino, I came, they had them all over there too. And I said to Shane, I'm like, we just need to buy one of these machines and like open up a coffee shop because it seems like what everybody's doing. Yeah. Then we found out they were like $20,000 and we're like okay just kidding (laughs) there's slightly smaller ones there's like home ones that you can get that are still really good quality but just insanely good cups of coffee like we came home and we're like oh back to you know the norms but it is like really good so that's awesome that you guys are creating that because you're obviously just outside downtown Vancouver so you're kind of creating that right in that space because that whole area that you're in it's very like it's transitional it's like very up and coming but you guys have kind of like started that as well yeah we always joke that it's funny because we moved out here before a lot of our friends and everyone was like well you're moving so far because we lived downtown vancouver before which we loved but Mm -hmm. having three dogs and a business like we wanted our space we wanted a little backyard and we wanted to live in the suburbs so we bought our house out here and decided like our clients are already traveling from all over the world to see us. We can be all anywhere. over the world. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> do some people like in their families like? Yeah, yeah they that's do. Another question. Um, seriously. <laughs> so, just because they're like, I don't want to go anywhere else. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the power of the internet. Really, they see photos and they're like, you know what? I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go to Langley. That's incredible. <laughs> what do What do people travel for the most? Is it for nipples? No, brows. Really? Sure. Oh, that's so yeah. crazy. Because I thought brows were a lot. Like, I don't, I've never seen, I'm sure you would know them, but I've never seen somebody else that does restorative nipple tattoos. Really? No, yeah, I've I guess never even seen it. That's true. I mean, when you're part of the community, I obviously see them a lot more now. We've kind of created this little community together, which is cool, but. Do you guys yeah. have a name like the nip tips? <laughs> nip, nip tips. I don't know. Um, I don't. 
No. I don't know. It's fine. You should just make t-shirts is all I was thinking. And that would curtains. be amazing. And shower curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you just made t-shirts with nipples right on the nipple. That's true. I wonder if that, that would, would get taken so... down on Instagram. <laughs> Why would it? They have those like drawn boob ones. But That's if we true. just like straight up, we're like, I'm not naked. It's literally a drawing of a nipple. It's not even yeah. a photo of a nipple. It's just a drawing. I mean, I think you should do it. That's true. Brand all the nipple stuff because I'm very much here for it. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for my thank little heart you. freckle. I'm like so, on- I'm so honored. I'm so excited. It's funny because I got it and I posted it on Instagram and everyone's like, and Phoebe got the whole world. Oh, I saw that comment. That was so perfect. <laughs> so perfect. But it's amazing. I love what you're doing. I love, yeah, like you said, like the feel good vibes that people are getting from this level of artistry, which is just so incredible. I'm so glad people are traveling all over the world from to see you because oh, it's so you. deserved. So deserved. Anyways, um, thank you so much. I so appreciate thank your you. time and your tattoo gun and you are just <laughs> lovely. I'm going to make sure that we have links to everything to find you because I think that you're just such an inspiration to follow and really good thrifter. So some you're posting more style stuff, right? Yeah, I've been getting a lot of requests. So people are like, post more selfies. Awesome. Yeah, no, you need to do it. It's definitely a need. That even like your outfit today, you had like a white on white on white. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so good. So yeah, I'll add the links for everything so everyone can come and find you. And uh, thank you. Congrats on everything. Just keep shining, man. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, (laughs) we'll chat soon. Bye. Bye. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.